We're back. It is time for season three to begin Peace Sticks Podcast 2020. My name is Pasty. And I am Fat Mac. And we hope you're ready to get a little beefy, because it's time for the sixth annual Beefy, beefy Awards. Awards. It's the best time of the year. It's the first time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the pro wrestling year, brother. Yeah. You know, everybody's doing their award shows, and we're like last to the table this time around. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, you know, it's best for us to be last because then we can take it all in. You know what I mean? Exactly. We didn't we didn't have our awards before December thirty first. So we can we can theoretically take into account anything that happened up to uh January I mean theoretically January first of midnight oh one. <laughs> Nothing of note happened. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. I said theoretically. <laughs> Uh, theoretically, I guess at the top of the show, we gotta get some love to the sponsors. So let's crack it to it and snap into it. First up is Qualities T-Shirt Company of Wilmer, Minnesota. That dude's saint bringing you the finest quality custom T-shirts your body can wear. With custom tees featuring sublimation, heat transfer vinyl, and decals, he's got the shirts that'll make your balls hurt. From blueness. That's what I mean. Qualities T shirt company. And uh if ink on your shirt isn't your thing, you'd rather have some ink on your skin, hit up that dude Saint, because he's the newest tattoo artist in Wilmer, Minnesota. It's good times. And uh Monster Wear Clothing, my good friend Corey Matthews bringing you even more custom memorabilia of your choosing. Doing small runner bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics. Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for any self-branded merchandise you need. And it's a good thing. It Speaking is. of good things... Some of the best things, Pasty, come from under the pants and below the belt. And for that, folks, you need Manscaped.com. They are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Pasty, did you ever have a time when you were trying to clean yourself up down there? Maybe uh, do a little something to just make yourself feel better. Men, we don't always have to do this to impress a lady. Maybe we want to feel fresh, clean. We no, want to see. You remember back in 2015 when I, uh, you know, had the curly mustache? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that downstairs from time to time. There you go. But have you ever had the uh, unfortunate incident of maybe a uh, ooh nick or a ah cut or uh? Actually, yeah, sadly, I'm a victim of testicular loss. I only have one ball due to a horrible accident from my teenage formidable years. Oh, pasty. So it was hard for me to trust until Manscaped came around. And the that lawnmower is because... taught me 
how to groom my stuff all over again. And I can do it without worry. Because they have patented anti-ball cutting technology. And it's fantastic. Yes, folks. Proprietary skin safe. This trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It is rechargeable and waterproof. So you can shave in or out of the shower wherever you feel comfortable. I did indeed use it in the shower since last we spoke. And I quite enjoy it. It is really great. Folks, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And we've said it before. I can't believe we have to say it again. Don't use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. It's just unfucktacular, folks. You don't want All crabs right? in your beard. Trust me. You don't want crabs in your beard. That is not only a great hip-hop song, but also a fact of life. But not only that, Pasty Manscape also has the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer. I know you're a huge fan of this one. Oh, it's a fucking godsend. Am I allowed to say fucking? <laughs> you're allowed to say godsend. <laughs> well, it's a godsend when you want to get your fuck on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Folks, I, uh, I I sent a um, a little Christmas present out to a friend of mine, and I was actually out to uh, dinner with them over New Year's. We had a couple cocktails. We had some uh, had some food, maybe a little more cocktails, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> his woman comes up to me and she said, "Oh my gosh." Thank you for the Christmas present. And I, I got red-faced and started getting hot, not just because I was drinking so much and because she's cute, but because I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't get her a Christmas present. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure, like, I'm trying to fish. Like, what is she talking What is she talking about? Uh, finally, after a couple back and forths, I figured out she was talking about how I got him the Manscaped uh, a starter pack, and he was so clean and so fresh and so ready to go down there. And she she thanked me for getting her man's shit cleaned up. I mean, everybody appreciates this pasty. Yeah. You don't have to smell like Fremunda cheese. No. No, you, you definitely don't. And pasty, the best thing is, it's easy to get. And not only is it easy to get, but if you're a listener to our podcast, it's also cheap to get. Yes, indeed. Because you can use our promo code BEEFSTICKS, that's B-E-E-F-S-T-I-C-K-S, to receive 20% off on your next order and free shipping. Does it get better than that? No, no, it does not. Until you get your package in the mail. Well, and then you take care of your package. Mm-hmm. Remember, folks, always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BEEFSTICKS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use code BEEFSTICKS. You're, not only are you going to love it, but any of your um, special visitors are going to thank you for it. 
I'm sure the people at work will love it too when you ain't smelling like balls and ass. Oh! <laughs> and Pacey talking about uh, balls and ass. Um, <laughs> many years ago, back in 1992, something that was far from balls and I don't think was ever ass um, came about. And that is what brings us to this week in pro wrestling history. Basically, since 1992, New Japan Pro Wrestling has annually held its biggest show of the year on January 4th. Yes, folks, a day after this show is airing. Known under various names such as Super Warriors in Tokyo Dome, Battlefield, WCW New Japan Super Show, and Wrestling World, New Japan's big show is known to fans these days as Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestlers from Big Japan Pro Wrestling, UWF, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Zero One, Pro Wrestling Noah, CMLL, AAA, WCW, AEW, Ring of Honor, and Impact have appeared on the card. The first January 4th Tokyo Dome show was in 1992 known as the Super Warriors in Tokyo Dome. And Pasty, this was a hell of a card. And folks, if you can find it, it's not on your WWE network. And there's not a complete airing of this on YouTube. But you can find a good chunk of the matches on YouTube. Otherwise, there are various resources that you can find to watch this. Do your research. Uh, The card is amazing. We had Big Van Vader and El Gigante fighting to a double disqualification. The great Antonio Anoke defeated Hiroshi Hase. The great Muda and Sting defeated the Steiner brothers. Lex Luger defeated Masahiro Shono to retain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And Ricky Choshu defeated Tatsumi Fujinami in a unification match, pasty, to combine the IWGP and the greatest 18 heavyweight championships. Plural? Correct. Well, IWGP and greatest 18 heavyweight championships. Oh, I thought there was 18 Not, not the greatest of the 18 champ. <laughs> no, the, the championship was called the greatest 18 heavyweight championship. <laughs> and there was also the IWGP championship. And so he combined those two into the IWGP. It kind of usurped that So there's one. not 19 championships in the story. Not at, not at that time, no, sir. <laughs> there but should have Pasty, been 19 championships. <laughs> I do have a bonus fact here that is not related to this week in pro wrestling history, but I don't know when we're going to get to it again, so I thought it was worth dropping. And I had an idea I bet we get you might to it have somewhere a question around about this. September 29th. Probably not. <laughs> so I doubt I'll remember it. But, Pacey, the greatest 18 championship was established on September 29th, 1990, during Antonio Inoki's 30th anniversary as a tribute to the greatest 18 wrestlers in Japan's history. Why 18? I'm not sure. Maybe that's There's got to be some kind of cultural significance. Yeah, I'm guessing. It's kind of on the nose. Those 18, Pasty, were Luthez, Carl Gotch, Nick Bockwinkle, Johnny Powers, Johnny Valentine, Andre the Giant. Both of which of those were Johnny Bundo, right? (laughs) Neither. (laughs) 
Stan the Man Hansen, Wim Rusaka, Billy Robinson, Hiro Matsuda, Bob Backlund, Vern Gagne, hey, Strong Kobayashi, Hulk Hogan, Muhammad Ali, Siji Sakaguchi, Antonio Inoki, and Dusty Rhodes was an honorary who never actually competed in Japan at the time, but they thought he was too great to exclude, and they added him to the title. Well, that right there is why New Japan is probably going to be working with AEW in the future. <laughs> Otherwise, Cody Rhodes would be like, no, that's my daddy's name. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, that's fantastic, though. Good bit of knowledge. Yeah. Especially with what's coming up uh, later on as we predict the first ever two-night Oh, Wrestle Kingdom event. Man, I'm anticipating 2030's first ever full week Wrestle Kingdom event. They might do it, and I uh. may not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely got to give a, a shout out to them. One of the one of the most prestigious events held throughout the year, which only recently got traction in the United States as being super prestigious. We all knew about Starcade and uh, WrestleMania, and even to a lesser uh, degree, Bound for Glory. But the January 4th show, which has had many names, since 1992 has been one of the most prestigious wrestling outings ever in the entire world, and that's why the names that that you've read, some who have been dead for well over a decade, competed. Luthez, the Carl Gotches, Nick Bockwinkles, Andre the Giants, Hulk Hogan, Stan Hansen's, even Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Hulk Hogan hasn't been dead for over a decade, though. What? He's back with WWE now, yo. <laughs> oh, well, good for him. <laughs> but it only makes sense that we sandwich our most prestigious event of the year with New Japan's most prestigious events of 2020, as we move into our next segment, we're going to kick it off with the night one picks because we don't want to confuse you. No. <laughs> it would be really funny to do this one backwards, though. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would really funk some stuff up. Uh, so let's crack into this. Night one. Begins with an eight-man tag team match seeing Jushin Thunder Liger, Tatsumi Fujinami, the great Sasuke, 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 there we go, Tiger Mask versus... Oh, you nailed Tiger Mask, way to go. (laughs) Tiger Mask. (laughs) (laughs) And they take on the team of Naoki Sano, Sinjiro Otani, Tashuhito Taki... Takiyawa, I'm not good at this. Oh, no, you nailed that. (laughs) Takiyawa. That was perfect. And Raisusuke Taguchi. Um, To avoid sounding like pasty white, I'm going to say my pick is Tiger Liger Fuji Sasuke. I like that, but I'm going to (laughs) simplify even further as I'm picking the Tiger Liger squad. (laughs) Uh, just, just so many, just so many greats and legends from Tiger Mask to Fujinami to Sasuke to Jushin Thunder Liger, 
And on the other side, of course, you got uh, Naoki Sanyo is definitely a name. Not like any of them, but definitely Otana, great Takeaui, as Pacey didn't say it, and uh, Ryusuke. Uh, this is going to be – this is not going to be the match of the night. This is going to be let's throw a lot of big names in there and give them a show. You know what I mean? This is your yeah. – WWE does this all the time. Throw in yep. a lot of names you're going to recognize, some oldies from the past, and, and give them a highlight. Yep, a and it's a great way to start the two-night event, I think. No doubt. So um, so we're starting out picking the same team. That's fine. That's fine. Um, You know, I just thought of it just now. Actually, I thought of it before, but I never got to, to doing it. We don't have tiebreakers, Pacey, and um, I think they'll be pretty easy to come up with, so we'll come up with them as we go. All right. But with that being said, we're going to move on to another eight-man tag match. And, folks, if you know New Japan Pro Wrestling pay-per-views, this is fairly common. If you don't know it, you're going to be shocked by the next match after this one. <laughs> <But> <laughs> this one we'll see a Los Ingerbrenobles de Japón, which, uh, Pacey... Did you know Los Ingobernables de Japón means the ungovernables from Japan? Yes, I did. Oh, Pasty's awesome. And that's going to be, I, I knew you knew that, but we wanted to give a little uh, shout out to, to the listeners. This is our brand new, we don't know who's tuning in. We don't know, I'm assuming we got brand new listeners coming in on the first one of the of the year. But we got Bushi, Shingo Takagi, Evil, and Sonata, folks, if you've never seen a New Japan Pro Wrestling event, you're going to love Evil's entrance. Oh, yeah. And they're going to take on... one of my favorites in the entire company. Oh, man. And they're, they're going to take on Suzuki-Gun, which is El Desperado, Taichi, Minoru Suzuki, and Zack Sabre Jr. I could have pronounced all these names with no problem. Well, you picked a, you chose to start off on the first one. <laughs> well, somebody's got to keep the ball rolling, otherwise it's too much silence. Uh, <laughs> Man, I got to go with the Gobnobbles. Oh, Pacey's losing Outside of the blessed. Bullet Club, they've been my go-to team in New Japan since I started watching. And, and they don't let you down a lot. No, and they're all great. Oh, every I'm not, single one? not knocking Suzuki Goon. No, they're just no. younger. That's they are. They yeah. they are. That is that is very true. And uh, with that being said, though, I am going the Suzuki Goon route. I think that uh, Minoru Suzuki, who is not a younger one but has a lot to prove from last year, where he he took on more losses than he normally would. He's definitely a strong style type. Um, and Zack Saber Jr., who is. Uh, him and Will Osprey are kind of the uh, golden children, if you mm-hmm. will. Yep. Of Anytime New their Japan contracts for, are up, it's going to be huge things. Yeah, for them expanding this year into America, they're going to definitely highlight those two individuals. I'm, I'm, I'm going Suzuki Goon, even though I, I would definitely say LIJ is probably my more favorite of these two, but I'm going Suzuki Goon. Let's go you for it. And I've been I've been all about Lij for a long time. It could be the turning point where the young overtakes, and it would make a lot of sense. Oh but yeah, I gotta gotta go with the heart here. 
Then we have an eight-man tag team seeing Chaos, the team of Yoshihashi, Yor, uh, Toru Yano, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto taking on the Bule Klebe. Exactly. Uh, Kas Owens, uh, Yujihiro Takahashi, Bailuok uh, Fail, and Kenta. You did a good job on those, buddy. You did <laughs> I a tried. Good job. I tried so hard. <laughs> um, on this one, pasty. Even though, um, as we discussed before we were recording, I'm kind of a huge fan of Chaos this year, or at least this last year, uh-huh. and they've super impressed me. I I want to see what New Japan's plan is for the Bullet Club going forward. This is a make or break year for them. Yeah, yeah, we said the same thing last year, though, and it didn't really do anything. That's true, but they haven't they haven't gone down any. At least, listen to me. In New Japan, they haven't gone down any rungs. Now, in Hot Topic, possibly, yeah. yes. Yeah. In WWE um, stands, are there less Bullet Club shirts? Yes, I, I will admit that. But as far as in the New Japan hierarchy, they haven't actually gone down any or got any higher. So you'd think something's going to happen with them this year. I'm going Bullet Club. Let's see what happens. I uh, this they got to show me something first. I'm going with Chaos. Okay. That brings us to the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Uh, Bullet Club members, Gorillas of Destiny, taking on what is horrifically known as Finjuice, Dave Finley, and Juice Robinson. It's so terrible that they actually call them that because that's the name I would have just came up with doing this naturally. <laughs> don't actually, don't go with Pasty's first idea. Don't the name you came up with was actually slightly <laughs> yeah. better. Well, yeah, yeah, fit juice. Cause... And it makes me think of something that uh, George Papil would sell on a uh, yeah. infomercial. You fit need, juice. You need Fergal Devitt for fin juice, and that's a whole other mess. You'd probably need Fergal, and you'd you'd need Lars Sullivan and a video camera, and then you'd get some fin juice. But yeah, my pick goes to Fit Juice because I like the name. And I just, I don't know. Gorillas of Destiny, how long have they been around and at this shit? That's the real question. I don't know. Where'd you go? Why'd you stop? One moment, folks. A little bit of issues and technical on our end. Hopefully I will quell this beast momentarily. Hopefully. Yes. So yes, I've picked Fit Juice. 
and I'm definitely, uh, even though the odds of Bullet Club and Bullet Club winning back-to-back are pretty slim, I'm going to pick Gorillas of Destiny because, um, you know, I'm probably going to get one of them right out of the two. <laughs> Let's go with it. See, and and I'm only picking the, we'll get to, the, no. I just, I don't, I don't know. If the young guys of the Bullet Club can't get it, why would the Gorillas of Destiny? Because they're young fellers. They're young? How long have they been in New Japan? Um, Less than Kent. Well, in New Japan, not less than Kenta, but as far as wrestling, less than Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, and Yujiro Takahashi. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just saying. Uh, now, nah, Fit Juice is going to wipe the floor with him. Then we move into a Tejas Deathmatch IWGP United States Championship, seeing Lance Archer defending his championship versus John Moxley. Who again for the record never lost the United or the IWGP United States Championship. He just failed to defend it and was stripped of it. I never I don't even remember hearing that happening. <laughs> oh, there was a uh, there was a weather issue, and he wasn't able to make it to. Um, uh, oh, 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 what's the uh, tournament? Um, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Best of the Super Juniors. No, no, it's just not. A, they're not Super Juniors. Uh anyways, yeah, he he um he wasn't able to make it, so it was stripped from him. Um, and then, um. Uh, oh, uh, Juice Robinson, wasn't it? Anyways, long story know. short. Long story short, I was trying to figure out why the fuck they had a Texas death match, and I think, uh, <laughs> did we talk about this two weeks ago? Or was or did I just figure it out in between now and then? Lance right. Archer is from Tejas, so that's why it's a Texas death match for the United States Championship in Japan featuring John Moxley. There's nothing nice. to do with that. So Lance Archer they, is the connection to They should just have to, to watch it on the screen in Japan, and it should be in Texas. There you go. Um, I think this one's pretty simple. I think uh, Moxley never lost the title. I think he wants it back, and I think he's a I mean, big name for match, them right now. Death match is right in the title. You yeah. Know, you might John have got Moxley's Texas in there, but that's not going to make a big difference. <laughs> but Moxley owns death match. <laughs> uh, Moxley takes it. Did you see what he did to Kenny Omega? <laughs> <laughs> then we've got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match, seeing Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi. I'm taking it Will Ospreay is the champion, or is nobody the champion? Will Ospreay is the champion. All right. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Ospreay. It doesn't mean I like him. It just means I think he's going to win. And you know what? I think uh, Osprey's going to lose it. And so I'm going Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, I don't have a lot to go on with this. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I actually, ironically, I'm more of an Osprey fan and you're not. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but you're going Osprey. I'm I admit going he's got talent. Like cool. I said, it just to me, it seems like he's a million miles away when he's in the ring. And that just, I don't know, I hear you. reeks of ego almost. Oh, I hear you. 
Although, if you got to give me Seth Rollins or Osprey, I guess I'll take Osprey. <laughs> and then. And then. We got the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. This will see Switchblade Jay White taking on Tetsuya Naido. We've got the Bullet Club versus Chaos here. And um, Jay White is going in as champion, but basically, I think Naito... God, I'm a huge Naito mark. But I'm this so is definitely, yeah, huge on Naito. I'm not a big Jay White mark. You and I are kind of the exact same on this one. We're huge Naito marks. We're not big on Switchblade. I think Jay White needs to take a step back. I think Naito is... The face of the future. I think Okada is at the pinnacle right now, and I think he's going to go down from here. I hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. (laughs) But uh, definitely, I think Naito is the future of the company. Strap the rocket to this son of a bitch and give him the IC championship. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going with Naito here. Um, You know, if if anybody from Bullet Club is going to win tonight, I think it could be Jay White, but... I don't like him. I like Naito. I'm going with Naito. I'm done with that. Then we have the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, seeing the champion Kazuchika Okada defending his title versus Kota Ibushi, which is going to be a fucking hell of a match. This might be the match of both nights. I think it could be. I think I think it definitely could be. This will be your fabled Dave Meltzer six-star match, even though it doesn't involve Kenny Omega. Oh, seven and a half because it's in the Tokyo Dome. Yes. You always had two and a half stars in the Tokyo Dome, pasty. Mm. That's the Meltzer rule. Mm. It's been a while since I've heard the Japanese voices from a silent crowd yelling, Okay! my favorite it's my favorite sometimes i hear it in my sleep (laughs) i actually i actually make the women i sleep with scream that while i'm sleeping (laughs) i'm just banging on like say a bitch say it i'm done good night (laughs) that's how i come (sighs) okay (laughs) though it was bad Uh... Yeah, I, I'm going with Ibushi on this one because, like you said, it, it's time for Okada to kind of John Cena his way out of the main event. Yeah, um, even though I look at Tanahashi as the John I Cena I want to see Okada Japan. and John Cena in a buddy cop movie, but it's got to be in Japan. Oh, I think that would be awesome. Be I want to see like a, um, um, a rush hour with those two. Yep, yep. I think just less racist would be awesome, but it was a pretty racist movie when you look back at it now. I haven't seen either one of them in so long. I don't even know. <laughs> it's, I just know, I, all, all I know, all I remember from the movies is fucking, uh, Jackie Chan's trying to get out of some ropes are tied up in and uh, Chris Tucker just says, chew little monkey, chew. I'm like that's racist <laughs> and shit, God! I can't say that. Um, we're both on Ibushi. Is that where we land? Yes, Ibushi over Okada. 
and a new IGP heavyweight champion is crowned. But that's I, not the end because we got night I need a bit of an interlude here for a moment, so get your jibba jabba on. I can jibba, I can jabba, and in fact, I'm going to bring us in to what is known to us in the cloud-style land as the sixth annual Beefy Awards. And folks, you may remember such great beefies as the Slosh Award, which we will give out to the best drunk and or high wrestler. Basically anybody who's known to be under the influence. Of course, we always give out the annual Mick Foley Award. You can't miss that out. That's the hardcore match of the year or hardcore wrestler of the year if there's not a, a explicit match. And um, we've got... We've got this year, being as we're moving into 2020, and in fact, we're into 2020 as we record this, we are going to be doing Male Wrestler of the Decade and Female Wrestler of the Decade. I'm really excited for that one because we had to take a step back and not just look at... The Male Wrestler and Female Wrestler of the Decade might not even be relevant today. You know what I mean? They might have been relevant from 2010 to... 2017 just that alone would be huge but you got um if you, we One go back for sure last, a lot has happened in the last decade well just looking at female wrestler of the year last year was becky lynch male wrestler of the year last year was pentagon jr so much has changed since then AEW didn't exist a year ago pasty so that alone is going to changed so much about uh, the landscape right there. I mean, that alone changes so damn much. Yes, it does. So without further ado, Pasty, let's bust right into the sixth annual Beefy Awards. Yes, indeed. Man, it's been a crazy year for wrestling. A lot has happened. It's it's kind of a like but I have like, a feeling 2020 is going to be even even more turned up. Well, like we said, it's kind of a reboot year. This this lat 2019 was kind of a refresh, reboot, restart year where nothing major, other than the creation of a brand new major pro wrestling company, and I don't mean to sell that short at all, happened. But even that can only do so much in its first half year. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It was kind of a refresh mode. We we hit refresh in 2019 in the pro wrestling landscape. You think um, SmackDown moved from being the B show on USA to being the A show on Fox. NXT moved from being WWE Network to being on USA. AEW created two brand new shows, and they're running head-to-head with NXT. NWA started a brand new show, Impact jumped back out of the gate to prove that they're still in the fight. Ring of Honor kind of took a step back and is having some of their own issues. New Japan announced that they're going to be bringing the fight onto the soil with the new Pearl Harbor, as we called it, starting to expand into the United States. And with all of that happening, Pasty, so little happened, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, yep. (laughs) <laughs> it was more quantity than quality this year, which yeah. 
Well, the big will... things were in the business and not on your television, really. Yeah. Well, even um, let's even throw out that this year they're going to bring back the XFL. So that was a huge refresh mode last year. Right. Vince is getting sued by his own shareholders. <laughs> he is. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, hopefully 2020 brings a little more quality back to the quantity. I like having both. The more quantity we have, the more the quality should increase. So I'm expecting that. But I think last year was the worst year in pro wrestling watching for me personally, probably in the last five. With with a lot of highlights. The highlights were huge. Yeah, the goods were good and everything else was just But I think it was a lot of good. No, it was, it was a handful of goods and then a lot of meh and a lot of bad. The yeah. bad and meh were kind of, wow. Yeah, yeah. you said it. Yep. With that being said, what do we think is great, though, Pacey? There was good. There was good. Let's look at the – let's accentuate the positive. Exactly. And what do we dig around here at Beef Sticks Podcast? We love pro wrestling. We love beer. And we love our facial hair. Yes. So our first award of the night goes to the superstar with the best facial hair. And it goes to Vicky Guerrero. Woohoo! Excuse me! Excuse me! <laughs> uh, um, just kidding, y'all. This was a stumper this year. As it was last year. Yeah. Yeah, like the first we, year was really easy. Yeah, our first Beefy Awards, it was like, wow, there was a lot of new creative facial hair in the pro wrestling landscape. And I was like, yeah, let's go with this. Let's make it. Uh-huh. But this year we had to realize uh, not not many people have changed their facial hair at all since 2018. <laughs> no. So, most improved, best facial hair goes to the Robert Rude for the 80s porn stash. Yes, it's it's magnificent. It really is. I mean, you got to bring the Magnum PI back, baby. Yes. Yes. And what a better man to do it than Robert Rude. Hopefully I want to see him in a. Uh, I want to see him in a floral shirt with um, <laughs> with hornswoggle at his side in a, in a three piece suit. You know. There you go. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna be watching people get beat up, going deep pain, deep pain. He's putting them in deep pain. And as we're airing against and counter programming SmackDown, watch he shows up tonight in the mustache. <laughs> I know, right? That would be it. <laughs> And uh, as Pacey said, we love pro wrestling, we love our beer, and we love facial hair. Well, this is all about pro wrestling. We talked about the facial hair. There's one subject left, and that is the drinking and the slosh award for the best drunk or or inebriated in some way under the influence wrestler. We like to accentuate the positive here. There was an easy pick. There's actually probably two or three easy picks for negative slash yeah. awards. And yeah. unless it's unless it's in your face, balls slapping you in the eyes, negative, we don't want to go with that. We, we, we may have to. If that's what it is, that's what it is. But this year, that's not what it was. So we kind of threw a shout-out to uh, to a pro wrestler who's been known to love his PBRs, who's been known to take a swag or two, who has shared a couple beers with your own Fat Mac folks, and a guy who is a huge fan of Beef Sticks Podcast. How could we not give him an award? It's been 
It's been six annual beefies now, and actually I think we gave him one award before. But we're giving him this one. The Slosh Award goes to Eric Cannon. Yes. It's a good thing we don't have a Creeper Award because he might have to win that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who have uh, seen the worst punches thrown in pro wrestling history, yeah, Eric Cannon took credit for that on the uh, – AE, the final AEW show of... I'm glad they had such a good new show this year. Actually, at the speaking beginning of, of this, this we may have to call an audible on the botch of the year once we get down to it. Actually, you know what? Actually, <laughs> man, you, we might have to. But yeah, they uh, they had a really good... Pacey told me they had a really good first show of the year, which is good because I watched their last show of the year was two weeks ago, and... That was one of the worst pro wrestling shows I've ever seen. It was a really bad show. It not was. just the bad punches. It was just it was just not good. Yeah. It's a good thing they had the two weeks to kind of sit back and reflect cuz they definitely came back this this week with with uh some better content. Granted, it still has its faults and it still has a couple of issues. Oh, it's here. always gonna. It's live wrestling, and that's what we love about it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what this is about. This is about Eric Cannon. But uh, yeah, the, the botched punches, I guess, coming back around on AEW two weeks ago. One of the superstars who stood up and claimed to be the creeper throwing these horrible punches at Dustin Rhodes was Eric Cannon, who claimed he was just protecting gold or yeah, gold dust, who had already been busted open. And, you know, I give him credit for getting his name out there and getting talked about because not only did him throw in that little Josh, which, by the way, folks, he was actually at a different show at a different state, so it wasn't actually him. He was having fun, threw a little uh, threw a little rib in there, which is good. But He, he fooled Dustin because Dustin tweeted back, like, <laughs> now that he came forward, I'm not, not pissed off about it. Right. Um well, yeah, yeah, and uh, and it got him a shout out on Jim Cornette's um, the Cornette drive-through. So he got cussed out by Jim Cornette, which to me would be an honor. I don't know how Eric yeah. feels about it himself. I would love to uh, talk to him. I, I'm going to reach out to him and see if we can speak to him after this whole incident. But um, if I Fat Matt got cussed out by Jim Cornette in real life, let alone on his podcast for millions a year. I'd call that a major win in my book. Mm -hmm. And how cool would it be if Eric Cannon got a job with AEW through all of this? I would love, oh, I mean, everybody at Beefsticks knows how huge of a fan of Eric Cannon we both are. So, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And then we move on to the two-piece, which is your best tag team of the year. And this was a tough one on its own. It really was, but we kind of decided to, uh, we decided to maybe cheat a little bit, but it's our award show. It's not cheating, Pacey. Right. And I mean, it is one team, right? The name doesn't change. Correct. It's one team, no different than um, DX would be one team, which would encompass multiple people, right? Yeah. So of course, we're talking about Impact Wrestling's LAX. And that would include Homicide, Hernandez, 
Ortiz, Santana, and Conan. Yes, indeed. I mean, honestly, this whole year, when you wanted to watch a good tag team match, what did you turn into? Whatever program LAX was wrestling on. Yeah, whether it was LAX, uh, Santana Ortiz, whether it was LAX, the OGs, whether it was um, Pride and Powerful in AEW, which is Santana and Ortiz. It's those those five wrestlers with Conan kind of being the mouthpiece is just amazing. I think they get the credit for saving impact at the brink that they were at. I don't know of any other star on the, on the roster that did more for the company. For uh, me. I would say, I would say Ellie, I would say those five or those four plus I, I give a nod to Sammy and Tessa, but yeah, for sure. Those guys definitely stepped up and kept impact in the mainstream and kept them relevant. Yes, they did. You just can't, you can't, you can't, you can't shoot them out. And this year was not a great year for tag teams. Um, uh, Another thing, folks, just to give you a heads up on going through our list, this year, keep in mind that AEW only ran half of the year. And a lot of their wrestlers were contracted from the beginning. So a lot of the AEW main event guys did great, but they didn't get a chance to wrestle most of the year. So it's hard for us to give them a lot of shout outs. Not saying we have no AEW love. AEW awards for 2020. Yeah, it was just, this is their startup year, and they started up halfway through the year. So it's hard to give them too much. uh, There's a lot of awards that we. We fought back and forth on, and it's just like, God. So we, we want to throw that out there, but definitely, I, I like LAX as, as a pick. We're Freebird ruling them. The yes. whole LAX. It, it's, it's a great thing. And then we've got your award for best promotion. This Man, was a difficult one. It was, but in the end, it was just logical. It fits, and it's so right. Because consistency is key. And I think there's only one company this year that has consistently entertained the both of us. And that is Impact Wrestling. Holy shit. Holy shit. Impact Wrestling just won a beefy in 2020. Isn't that just fucking wild? <laughs> Especially considering everybody knows how much of uh, MLW's dick we suck. And we do, for good reason. They got a tasty dick. They, yes, they do. But they were up and down this year. Up and down. Mm-hmm. This was their sophomore year, and, and it felt like their sophomore year. But this was like... I feel like this year... You could say Impact is finally aged and is in its prime. I think so. I think the behind-the-scenes changes uh, definitely made a huge difference with Don Callis and uh, Scott DeMore, them getting their own TV station now with uh, uh, their parent company owning Access TV. Yeah, these guys were making all the smart moves this year. Like, the stuff that nobody really cares about, but it's a huge thing in your long term. 
And we and there's, they're smart with their wrestlers. Not only do we mention LAX, and we actually mentioned, uh, or at least I mentioned Tessa and Sammy Callahan, which are two of the biggest names in non-WWE right now, but they had people like Brian Cage and Taya Valkyrie and Johnny uh, Impact, Johnny Mundo, Johnny whoever you want to call him, Joey Ryan. They've had, they've Rhino. gotten the who's who. Rob Van Dam. Rhino. Yeah. They've, they've had the who's who of <laughs> not only the people are huge now and not only the up-and-comers because um, uh, you think about it um, – I'm spacing out on his name, Pasty. Uh, NWA, uh, NWA guy who, who's awesome, who uh, came up in Impact. Um, uh, uh, why am I spacing out on his uh, name? Nick? What, uh, no, not Nick Aldis. Although Nick Aldis did start in, in Impact, but not definitely Marty? not this year. Um, with uh, with um, uh, James oh Story. Gosh, yeah. That's not who we're going. Anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up in a second. Anyways, for Austin sure. They, Aries. they had all the, the they, up and They got a lot of impact they had guys, the main guys on NWA. And they have the, <laughs> the, the veterans that you want, for sure. Um, you know, you could make an argument for NXT, although NXT really isn't its own promotion, so it's hard to pick them. And they – you said it best, I think, earlier, Pasty. You said – they're too consistent, and yeah, that's almost a downfall. Worst, yeah, it's their worst enemy. It's sad like, but true. When you're that good that many times, it's hard to stand out when you're that good. Yeah, you can just count on it to be good, so then it's never really great because it's always just good. Like the best kind of good. But Yeah, their good is great for everybody else. Yeah. But compared to themselves, it's just good. Uh-huh. So yes, Impact is your best promotion, but Fat Mac, what is the worst promotion of the year? You know, <laughs> <WWE>. this one <laughs> This one wasn't difficult. Um WWE is always going to be in the running for this one and WWE is always going to be the biggest money maker and biggest move maker, so they it's hard to give it to them. You can. You can and we will. Oh, we will. Um, but with everybody making such huge moves, as we talked about, NWA got brand new sh- programming. AEW got two brand new shows. Impact's doing so well. New Japan's moving on. You know, the only one who kind of, I, I don't even know that they went down, but they're literally just treading water while everybody else is raising higher. So they're sinking by default. The water's raising, (laughs) but they're not moving up at all. They're staying where they are. So they're sinking by default. Like the green guys. Yeah, (laughs) that has to be Ring of Honor. It's Ring of Honor. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm not Uh, sorry. As much as I hate to say it, because I love Ring of Honor. I love their history. It's so weird. It's so weird. Because up until this year, Impact was in this boat. And Ring of Honor was like the unflappable indie promotion. Right. They were always well off. And then this year, it's like not even that much changed for Ring of Honor. And and, and there's next to nothing left in that company. No, and, and don't get me wrong. Ring of Honor does this. They have ebbs and flows. 
and they fall behind and they come back up. And I'm not worried, and I'm not saying right now I'm worried about Ring of Honor going anywhere or or, or falling out at all. Uh, Pacey, I was thinking of Eli Drake is who I was thinking of. There Thank you go. You. Okay, that's what, that okay, that's what I was going to say. But it <laughs> of sounded course like you were it was. sick of me saying Impact Wrestling. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think I don't think Ring of Honor is going anywhere. I don't think that's happening. I think they're here and they're going to stay here, whether they're number two, number one, number four, number twenty-seven. I think they're always going to be around. Look at and look at how well, NWA the, the came back. The would be ashes. in how long they stay in the background. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. That's it. The longer that they they can't get this right and fix what they need to in the management system of Ring of Honor the worse it is for the company as a whole going forward. They need to do what Impact did and completely rehaul their their backstage and their office. Yeah, yep. I think that's the best bet for them. You don't need to fuck... You definitely don't need to fuck with the roster. The roster is goddamn fantastic. You don't need to fuck with that. No. So this is part of the show where Pasty includes an impromptu beefy yeah. award. Yeah, he does. And you know what? I'm not against it. I'm doing it because I like the category title and the beefy award is the dreamer. And it is for the veteran wrestler who is most like Tommy dreamer needs to go away. <laughs> I think it's great. And this year, Tommy dreamer is the recipient of that award. Um, I, you know what? I have nothing against that. Uh, we love Tommy. Actually, no, let, let me take a step back. I'm one of the few people who from ECW days has never been a huge fan of Tommy Dreamer. I respect the man. I respect what the he best did. he's ever been as the third wheel in a group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, him and, uh, Raven, was the pinnacle of his career, and that was back in 97, 98. Yeah. And he's just kind of floated throughout then. Yeah, he's he's good. He'll never back down. He'll, he'll do everything you ask him to do. He just, he's one of those people who doesn't have it, but, but won't go away. But won't go away, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. You know, on our hiatus, me. I just watched the movie The Wrestler. <laughs> Pacey, I just watched the movie The Wrestler again like two days ago. Because it's on, uh, what is it on? Hulu, Netflix? One of the two. I think it's yeah. Netflix. I just recently rewatched it just a yeah. couple days ago. I love that movie. It was my first time watching it. It was very depressing. Oh, really? But it was a good it's, movie. It's a good it movie. A depressing movie. Mickey Rourke is amazing. Uh-huh. And when he punches that uh, meat slicer... Yep, yep. Oh. We've all wanted to do that at one point in time, right? I've never wanted to punch a meat slicer <laughs> in my life. And ever since the first time I watched that movie, I can never look at that scene again. I always look away. <laughs> it's it's fucked up! But yeah. Um. But I have a feeling the Dreamer Award, this, this is something we, where we have to use every year for a veteran who just needs to stop. I don't think it's too difficult to do. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to shed a tear, but Hulk Hogan will probably get it one of these next couple of years because I don't think he's done, and I don't want him to be done. I want him to have another match, and then I'll still give him this Hogan, award. Taker, Goldberg, triple threat, let's go. Yeah, 
I'll still give him this award after he has that match. I want to. I'm one of those guys who wants to see it. Will mark out and then be like, "Dude, you need to go away." Thank you for giving me that match. You need to go away. <laughs> Thank you. You proved uh, my theory. <laughs> um. But talking about dreams, we all dream of doing something amazing, doing something groundbreaking, doing something that's never been done before. Pasty, we have an award for the best pay-per-view this year, as we always do, and that has to be the very first ever AEW pay-per-view double or nothing. How can it not be? I don't know. This was a super solid show, and uh, it produced the match of the year. Which we'll get into a little bit later. We're gonna get into it. Snap into it. This this uh was a great launching point for AEW. This kind of told you what AEW is gonna be about, which yeah. is what it should be. Yep. And it was definitely their best pay per view of the year. And and with AEW being a new company, you know the excitement was in the air. We were all anticipating this for a very long time. Uh, hands down, they deserve to have it. Uh, the only other possible competitor would be NXT TakeOver New York, but once again, your consistency is your worst enemy. Yeah, exactly. I, I loved it. It was an A-plus show. It was probably on par with this right. show. Old and but, busted, new freshness. But true, yeah, busted, I mean. New freshness. When you have. Name that movie. I don't know. Men in Black, dude. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, it's Will Smith. Talking and in Black 1? Yeah. Maybe it was 2. It might have been 2. Oh, nobody watches 2. No, 2 was still good. 3 was bad. Well, I believe you that 2 International was good. International was saying. the best, though. Oh, nobody watches that either. It doesn't even have anybody <laughs> from the original in it. But it's got Thor. Where's Rip Torn, goddammit? <laughs> um, the thing that sold it for me out of the two, was this is AEW's very first pay-per-view ever. And for somebody to have this solid of an outing, and they had issues. We talked about it. We, mm-hmm. we discussed it. There were there were more technical issues than anything else, but there were issues. But to have this solid of a pay-per-view event be your very first ever produced major pay-per-view event is just crazy. But you can't have the best without the worst, and so we have to come to the worst pay-per-view of the year, which could be a lot of them, at least in uh, the WWE bubble. It could be a lot of them in general, but definitely in WWE. But we narrowed it down to the pay-per-view that was created for this year. <laughs> WWE Stomping Grounds. Oh my gosh. First of all, it's one of those where you you heard it and you're like, I don't want to watch this because it sounds stupid. And then when Uh you watch it, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be this stupid. (laughs) It definitely was no great balls of fire. Well, first of all, look at this. The last two matches. Which did win a best pay-per-view of the year award. Oh, and rightfully so. Nobody thought it would. Great Balls of Fire proved that you can have a one-off pay-per-view with random matches, and it can be amazing. But, Pasty, listen to the last two matches on this card. We had Kofi Kingston 
defending his WWE championship against Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> two people, and don't get me wrong, I loved Kofi Kingston's run, but two people we don't need to hear in the WWE championship picture, let alone, I don't want to see those two fight. And then the main event was a WWE Universal title match versus Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of there. We also had Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery. I don't even remember Daniel Bryan and Rowan being a thing since they were in uh, Bray Wyatt's group together. Vegan, no, that was just this whole vegan heel kick. <sighs> so that's weird. We got Ricochet versus Samoa Joe. Ricochet beat Samoa Joe. I don't get that either. Everybody beats Samoa Joe. Uh, I know. Now now Samoa Joe is coming back from commentary in his injury because he needs to help Kevin Owens rid the world of AOP and Seth Rollins. So not it's only the was... weakest face turn, and it's so... Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe need to be a heel tag team. <laughs> you know? They should be with Seth Rollins. I could dig that. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh. <laughs> and then, Pasty, to add insult to injury, on this pay-per-view, and we know WWE is known for their, like, short spurts. You know, you give you give two amazing athletes. You give Ricochet and um, Tozawa, you know, four and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. This pay-per-view right here with these shitty matches we just went over, not a one was under 10 minutes. In fact, only one was actually even under 11 minutes. And that was Bailey and Alexa Bliss, which is to me sounds like a good match. That was the shortest match. If it was on NXT, it would have been at amazing. At 10.35. You know, we had Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin at 20 minutes, and Kofi <laughs> Kingston and Dolph Ziggler at 20 minutes, and Roman Reigns and... Drew I mean, McIntyre was Shane McMahon. If you're going to have Kofi Ziggler, it should be a 20-minute match. Not if it's not good. And it was a cage match, and it wasn't good. Oh, yeah. Those two don't, those two don't need a cage it. match. That wasn't yeah. a bad match. It that wasn't was, a good match. I think that was my highlight of the night, probably. Maybe, but it wasn't a good match. It was just the best of the night. Yeah. On the worst pay-per-view of the year. That's right. Well, let's go on to something good. Let's go on to something that makes us feel good, Pasty. What's something that reminds us of beef sticks? What's something that reminds us of why we're pro wrestling fans? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. And the Macho Man Award goes to Pasty White. First name Pasty, last name White. Look at his boots. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing Fuggler slippers right now. Look at the Fugglers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> His cat's rubbing up against one of them. It's full of fur, brother. You just need to do one episode fully. In <laughs> That'd be fun. It'd be hard in the vocal cords, <laughs> but it'd be fun. When I used to work at, uh, when I worked at Taco John's, I did a I did a whole shift as uh, I don't know if anybody knows the reference, but as um, henchman twenty one from the Venture Brothers, and uh, it was it, it I could barely talk by the end. <laughs> Basically, he uh, 
Henchman 21 is a bad Ray Romano accent. Okay, so it's yeah. like I'm talking like this the whole night and I'm asking people, do you want extra sour cream on your taco or what do you want? <laughs> We're out of tomatoes. I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was that all night. So it, it That would be easier than macho. Macho would be hard to do for a full night. I'm telling you, I'd take 21 and I'd just throw him down on the mat, get up on the top turnbuckle. Oh my God, I can see him up there. He's about to jump down on me. I'd give him the elbow. Yeah. Oh God, it hurts and it came in my chest. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, uh, what are we at now? We're at the oh, Mick Foley fucking... Award. Oh, my god! That totally ties into everything that just happened. Stop <laughs> <laughs> fucking out. That's the beef stick way, uh, buddy. And, of course, the Mick Foley Award is the award we deliver to the participants of the hardcore match of the year. And this one was probably the easiest one on the list to come up with. It definitely one of the easiest for sure. And that would be the lights out match from AEW full gear. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. This got tons of complaints. Like, like this got back in the attitude era complaints. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? This got yeah. real complaints. I think this match was a little bit more than shit you'd see back in the attitude era. I think this match was very extreme for any kind of televised wrestling. This this would have been right at home on a CZW card, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this was this was completely different. It was something a lot of folks aren't used to seeing. Some of us are. Uh-huh. And um and, and a lot of folks are not. And um this has been since the 80s where it's like how much is too much? And there isn't a real answer. It's no, either it's you dig it or you don't. Yep. Can't stand the heat. Get the fuck out the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, this match went a lot longer than it was set to or what most people expected it to go. What the frick? I'm, I don't know. I don't know. You're just dead air on your end. Oh, I, I thought <laughs> you were going to talk. I'm sorry. But the match went a whole lot longer than anybody had anticipated. And as it went longer, it got (laughs) more and more hardcore. And we got more and more blood out of it. And we got more and more creativity. And glass. Fucking crazy structures of doom. What else? Pulling up the, the ring padding, you know? Yeah. Um, it was... It, this was this was just a hell of a match. Um, you know, I, I've seen worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe even this year I've seen worse, but I've never seen this high profile of a match. I haven't seen as bad probably since um, Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard in the steel cage in the I Quit match when they literally the match ended when baby doll threw in a a wooden chair and it broke. And it was just 
a shoot. They didn't even plan it, and he just started stabbing him with the with the wooden chair to make him bleed, which they they literally hadn't planned how they were going to draw first blood. They just figured it would happen over time. And that's cool because um, then you don't know who the winner is going to be until it happens. That's you know, that's the only way you get that in pro wrestling. It was. It's this was this was. This was something that was really old school, which sounds weird because it seems new school to people who have probably only been watching since the, you know, the 2000s. It, this seems very new school. This is a very old school match. I love it. It was fantastic. And if you haven't watched it, I don't know what you're thinking. Get out there and find it. You can find it. You can watch it. Watch it if you like bloody hardcore well, yeah. matches. If you don't, yeah. don't go and watch. I mean, this is not for everybody. I, I will preface that. this Not everybody is going to think this is a entertaining match at all. I do. I loved it. Yep. Never, never expected Kenny Omega to go as far as he did. That is for sure. And Pasty, uh, talking about the old uh, Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard, we got a Comeback of the Year award, which uh, doesn't go to a wrestler this year. No, it goes to an entire promotion, and it only makes sense. Of course, we're uh, giving the Comeback of the Year to NWA. Yeah, you could easily, you know, as far as promotions go, you could easily have given it to Impact Wrestling also, but they they made big strides last year, too. Mm. But uh, NWA is on people's mind again. From the first They've episode got... of Power, you knew this was something unique and special, and you weren't going to see any of this anywhere else. Yeah, they've got a new show. It's at 6.05 Eastern, which is the classic NWA time. It's got main event pro wrestlers. I mean, not only do you have the Rock and Roll Express, but you have Nick Aldis, and you have all of these, you know, you got Stu Bennett, and and you got so many people who are coming in who are main guys. Jim Cornette, he got fired, but he was there. (laughs) That's probably another reason they made this list. (laughs) And um, they're just... They're so talked about this year, and they made such a big hit. And they they had their first pay per view in how many years? And uh, it's it's great. It's great to see something that's been around since before WWF striving. It's the only pro wrestling that I know of. Actually, no, it's the only pro wrestling in general, 100% fact, from before WWF, that is a viable, striving company right now. Yeah. And they're they're thriving using a 30-year-old formula. And it's just amazing to think about that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they say everything old is new, and this Billy Corgan latched on to that shit. (laughs) He really did. He really did. Uh, If you haven't watched NWA, go watch NWA. Unlike uh, the the Mick Foley Award and John Moxley, Kenny Omega's Lights Out match, this is for everyone. Yeah, the exact opposite. Then we got the best faction, Pasty. We like let... You and I love factions as far as wrestling goes. There's not enough. There's not enough. (laughs) Not nowadays. No. But there is one... 
that Fat Mac will easily say is probably the best around and has been for a while. And uh, and it was just proven on this week's NXT when they walked away with six golden awards between the four. True, truly, <laughs> truly. And Fat Mac is not above sucking the dick of this faction because he, he loves it so much. He fought it this time, though. I had you know to what? fight for them to be in this I, I I didn't fight it, but I didn't want to give it to them. <laughs> I And I will honestly say the faction that I voted for, I think, would have been a worthy candidate, and I wouldn't have had a problem with um, Undisputed Era losing to them. I just agree that most of our American listeners probably wouldn't have understood it. I agree with that. But... Forget who didn't win it. Who did win it is UE, baby. It's undisputed. I mean, these men have held championships for the bulk of this year, had some amazing matches across the board on NXT and the TakeOver shows. You can't go wrong with the Undisputed Era. No, no. They're hands down four of the greatest pro wrestlers on pro wrestling right now hands down and they and they work so well together some of them who aren't my favorites including you know uh roddy and kyle o'reilly especially i'm I'm not a huge kyle o'reilly fan but with the group he is so much better than he is by himself yep it's all i got pasty sorry (laughs) I mean, you don't really need to say much if you know the Undisputed Era. And They're undisputed! Yeah. They, they they set forth, they said they were going to be draped in gold. They are draped in gold and continue to multiply that gold. I, I don't see how you could go against them. And now, for the match of the year. This is one I hold real near and dear to my heart. Because this is the match that had the most poignant storytelling in recent memory. It I made would you agree. feel something. It, and it had a real backstory behind it. This wasn't just a fictionalized story. This is something that legitimately uh, brewed Honestly, between two really individuals for no decades. there really was no wrestling story going into it. No wrestling story, no, but a, a legitimate personal yeah. background, yeah. And of course, what we're talking about is Cody versus Dustin at Double or Nothing. The Rhodes Brothers in a bloody, bloody blood feud. And it was beautiful. That- Everything about this match was beautifully told, got a point across without saying a word. And the use of blood. The use of blood, some would say, was overused, and you could argue it's that. It's been overused this year by one of yeah. these brothers, but this was the first time it happened, and it meant something. It did, and a lot of folks, especially a lot of the folks who said that it was overused, don't realize, and, and of course, this is pro wrestling, so these two brothers love each other and are best of friends and and have no animosity towards each other. But growing up, Dustin Runnels, Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust, he didn't have a father. 
Dusty Rhodes was always wrestling. He was always on the road. He was a champion. He was a booker. He was never home. He was sleeping with many women. He didn't care about his mom, didn't love about, didn't love his mom, uh, was not a father to Dustin. Dusty Rhodes was not a father to Dustin. Dustin did not like his dad, Dusty Rhodes. He was not a good father. Uh, an amazing wrestler, not a good father. Over the years, when Dusty retired and took backstage positions, he had a young boy with a different woman, and that was Cody, and he raised Cody, and he spent time with Cody, and he took Cody to work. And Dustin legitimately uh, held a grudge against Cody, uh, rightfully so. I don't know about rightfully so, but, but understandably so. That's the word I'm thinking of. Yeah. You know, Dustin never got love from his father. Cody got all the love he could from his father. Now, looking at it as a father's perspective, if I fucked up on my first son, I would love to have a second chance. If I had a second son, I would try to do everything I could to be the father I wasn't for the other one. So that's not a negative thing. And Dustin has come to peace with it. He's talked about that. But there was a real, deep, personal rivalry between Dustin and Cody. Before, not only before this match, before AEW existed, before Goldust existed, before any of this, before, you know, any of this, before Dustin or Dusty Rhodes died. This is a legitimate, real blood feud. Yeah. And you felt it. You really did. You you really did, and and you know that it, Double or Nothing won the best pay per view of the year, and I think a lot of that hinges on this match. A lot of it does, for sure. I'd say probably close to sixty percent, easily fifty. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm fine with that too. I didn't I'm just say happy not my boy Cody won easy. an award. <laughs> I was gonna fight for him across the board on any of these. I didn't Best make facial him fight hair, for him. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make him fight for him. But breakout star of the year I fought for because I firmly believe holy I don't shit, agree with is this, this one hell of a story. Because it's it's <laughs> it's the wrong end of the age spectrum, but I'm letting you know. This isn't this. this isn't rookie of the year, it's breakout star of the year. There's a difference. And I would say PCO is the breakout star of the year. This is a guy who started back in the mid to late 80s and had a run, a big run in WWE, tag team champions, the Quebecers. And he fell off. He, you know, got out of pro wrestling. He, he quit completely. And something came into him, and he came back. And he became a world motherfucking champion and has put on some of the best matches in wrestling and craziest this year. matches and hardcore matches and some really <laughs> bad botches. And bringing up the botches, let's point out, Pacey, this guy has done this while being legally blind his whole life. Yeah. He's legally blind. Yep. He only has one eye that works. No depth of perception in a in a in a situation like pro wrestling. Do you know how important depth perception is? 
<laughs> it's pretty <everything>. huge. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to throw a fake When you're going to dive to the outside and there's nobody there, <laughs> it's pretty I big. Don't think, I don't think that's death perception. I think that was just <laughs> fucking up. But for real, that, that's huge. And, um, and you think about it, he's... I'm going to say he's older than Jericho. I might be making yeah. that up. No, I think that's... But he's at least got to be about that age, and Jericho's not doing the types of matches that he's doing. Yeah. Not saying Jericho doesn't do amazing matches. Not saying Jericho isn't... Jericho's in better shape than I am at a decade or two less than he's him. He's not so in I'm better not... shape than he was two years ago. <laughs> no, he's not. But... um. But definitely PCO for his age. Holy shit, is he putting yeah. on just... I I, I fought monster. hard for this one. He's a I, monster. He's, he is. He's he's not a man. He's a machine. I fought hard for this. I'm proud of this. Pierre I'm interested Carl to see where Ouellet. he goes standing on his own after the villain club. You know what I mean? As a, as a champion. As a champion, he a yeah. Champion. yeah. He, he ended that chapter... I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I haven't witnessed it for myself. I'm just like, whoa, why, how, what, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, yeah, didn't expect, I bet on it. I did. I picked him to win, but I didn't expect it. And wow. Here, I believe he deserves it, though. I, and I believe he deserves our beefy award. Pasty, something that's that's uh, undeserving of anything except Botch of the Year award. Um, what what are we gonna go with? I I kind of liked where you were going earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'll let we, you make this call. We'll also give a tip of the hat to the one that's on the page right now. But uh, yeah, because of what happened right at the end of the year, and because it was the end of the year, and it was a a thing that was supposed to matter. I think the uh the dust and punches is the botch of the year because that <laughs> was the bad. worst thing. That could be uh, probably not botch of the decade. That might still go to Titus no. World Slide. Yeah, oh, I think that does <laughs> go to that. Uh, but what we had on the page was Undertaker versus Goldberg at Crown Jewel. Yes, which was which was horrible. Um, of course, there was a concussion involved, and it doesn't help. Both men almost killed both men. So yeah. Not not good. We don't want that. We never yeah. want that. We want everybody to be safe in pro wrestling. Uh-huh. It's about a spectacle. It's about fun. It's not about actually hurting people. Right. You can't die right now, Goldberg. I, I need to give you the Dreamer Award next year. But as far as the uh, botched punches on uh, Goldust from the Dark Order minion. Creeper. The worst thing is. Either way, it's a bad name. <laughs> uh, it is. But the worst thing is that. Not the bad punches were bad, but okay, you get local talent. They just huh. do what they're doing, you know. Whatever. Well, the cameraman didn't even whatever try is, to like whatever step is. over to cover it up. Or anything. The cameraman just not only did the cameraman <laughs> zoom, in. zoom in on it, <laughs> but there should be a director of photography. There should be somebody in the back saying, you know, for for as much as I can't stand Kevin Dunn in WWE, Kevin Dunn would never let that have aired. Yeah. He would have yeah. turned away to a shot of Different the angle. crowd. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, it would have been, he would have turned away to a shot of the fucking floor. Vince McMahon's ball He would not have let sack. that happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the, the producer, the director more than anything I wa- is like, 
You can't let that happen. You guys are a live major company show, and it's just another one of the – they do so many things right, but every now and then the things they do wrong are just so glaring. It's like, yeah, we can we can tell you're amateurs. So many of the things in ring are awesome. Uh-huh. So many of the things out of it, it's like, yeah, that's – that's a pretty average. It's getting to the point where it's really hurting the product. Like I was willing for the first couple of months, I was really willing to look past like the technical issues, but now half a year later, it's like, come on, get it right. And I'll give them about another half a year till I'm like, you're never going to get it right. Yeah. And, and and I think they will if they, if they hire the right people and make the right changes, but it's, mm. but we have to call them out when they're not. Cause if people don't call them out on it, they're going to rest on their laurels and they're just going to fall. And we don't want that. We want them to succeed. We want them to grow and we want them to prosper. To destroy WWE. We don't want that pasty. <laughs> <laughs> we want them all to thrive and prosper and succeed. <laughs> That's what we want. But yes, we want to destroy WWE. <clears throat> ah. Chocolate titties. Um This next one, f- man. Man, we gotta get moving. We're falling behind here, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I figured this is Ah, take we'll take our time. Fuck it. I mean Fuck it! This, this next one is big. It's a big one. It's it's Oh, a, it's I got a, a big one, pasty. I got a big thing. It's the uh the B Sticks Lifetime Achievement Award. Chris Jericho. Let's just give it to him every fucking year. <laughs> well, every year he achieves more. <laughs> Inside joke, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is fun though. He was the recipient last year, and I did not <laughs> did not remember. And so I put him on the docket this year. And then Fat Mac ignored me for a week because I'm an idiot. (laughs) I kept giving you little hints and you just kept falling into it. I was like, Jericho cannot be (laughs) Lifetime Achievement Award. And you're like, but he's done so much. (laughs) And I was like, there's no way that he's going to be Lifetime Achievement Award. No, I got through like my spiel. I'm like, he's done more more outside of wrestling and... I'm like, wait, I think I've said this before. And then I had to look and I'm like, oh, I did say this before because I said it last year. <laughs> but I fixed my mistake and I did throw the name of the 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 the, the award winner on the docket. Yeah, you did. And you know what? And I agreed with it. I I I know who I was leaning towards but i didn't have a great grasp because who i was leaning towards is i mean is gonna happen anytime we know that we're not gonna do on that basically let us know who who we decided on though because i i love this i love it so much to be honest i mean think about every great thing in wrestling ever really and they've probably been a part of it uh you know they 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 all the way back to the 80s. Oh, yeah. The Broken Universe. Ring of oh, Honor. Oh, yeah. And even AEW. The Rock and Roll Express has been everywhere and done it all. And they deserve this award. Hands down. Pasty. I mean, Canadian Destroyer. 
<laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so sad, but awesome. Pacey, Pacey, Pacey. Yes. They started, they formed in 1983. That's when I was born and you weren't even thought of, okay? No, no. They've gone through Jim Crockett Promotions, AWA here in Minnesota, NWA, WCW, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, USWA, the WWF, TNA. They've been... uh, in every uh, New Japan, you want to talk about New Japan? They've been in New Japan. How about AEW? They've been in AEW. They've been everywhere, done everything. At the height of of them, I guess, they were the very best tag team ever. And, and let's... Arguably still are. Um, arguably still, yeah, best tag team ever. Yeah, easily, arguably still are. Robert Gibson, Ricky Morton, you also got to throw in Jim Cornette because they would not be who they are without Jim Cornette. I'm, I, I realize Falling I'm the kind of worms. <laughs> he got a concussion. <laughs> it was fucking awful. I love that match, though. That's a good match. Folks got AEW should bring back Scaffolding, oh, man. Oh. John <laughs> Moxley so be just the matches. guy to do it. Moxley, Omega, in a, in a scaffolding match with barbed wire below them. They're some of the worst matches ever, but I love watching all of them. But definitely Rock and Roll Express has done ever. They have nothing left to prove. How, how's that? And they're still proving it. it. <laughs> like, that's the thing that, that, that blows my mind. Like, you don't have to be doing anything anymore. We appreciate your entire body of work, but you're still working, and I'm still loving it. Oh, for sure. And they work like shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. They work like shit, but I... They but pop you know a crowd, though. Them working like shit is better than I could do in that They're the same rock stars now. they always were. Oh, fuck yeah, they are. They get more pussy than you, Pasty. You too. Uh, I don't know about that. I got well, a lot of pussy of today. <laughs> I got a lot of pussy today. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, Speaking of that, I got to clean my bed sheets. They're soaking wet. Um, next up, we got what we call the tequila shot. And, Pasty, we know when you're in the bar which shot the tequila shot is. It's the most impactful. Oh, fuck Hits you yeah, like a dude. ton of bricks. Oh, my gosh. It drops my pants right there. Yes, indeed. And once again, this goes to a promotion and not a individual And uh, and a promotion that deserves it. We got to give that to AEW. Yes, even indeed. though they've only been around for half of this year. And we even prefaced a lot of this shit. It's like, oh, they've only been around half a year. They can't do so much. Nothing else made as much of an impact as AEW. Uh, Fox Network, maybe. But Fox Network is not wrestling. They just did a lot to wrestling. They got NXT on USA and pay raises for everybody (laughs) on the brand. So so I'd say that's pretty good. Impact didn't do that for anybody. (laughs) 
No, they didn't. (laughs) But uh, definitely AEW made such an impact this year just by becoming... Well, just by becoming the second, um, third competition to WWE ever, I just, they've done something nothing else has ever done. No other pro wrestling company has started at the second place position. And of course, saying the second place position is arguable, but I don't think it's arguable. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it definitely does. It, it's subjective for sure. Depends on where you're sitting. Uh, but at the same time, they, they've they changed the landscape. They, they are competing with NXT, which is WWE, and it's not, not just a, a brand for farming superstars anymore. It's its own brand in WWE. Well, not only that, they've got two shows. One is a... Uh, broadcast uh, cable show. They have pay-per-views that they've signed up for, what did we say, six a year? Yep. I think is what we said. I don't think, no other company's ever done that. When WCW was bought by Ted Turner, it was NWA for decades before that. It was Jim Crockett promotions for decades before that. Mm. So it's not like they started there, and they still didn't even have that. When TNA started, they started off as weekly pay-per-views that got minimal buys. And I'll admit, I was one of those every now and then that would buy some of them. But they were minimal buys, and then they went to Fox Sports Network, and then they moved on. There's never been, since since WrestleMania, there has never been a pro wrestling company that started at the head start that AEW has had and that alone is impactful. Yes, it is. It's also inspiring, but it's not our inspiration of the year. No, that award goes to somebody who arguably ruined WCW. Arguably. <laughs> arguably. But he's uh, turned the ship around, and he's done some wonderful things in the last 365 days in the world of professional wrestling. And, of course, that honor goes to the David Arquette. Woo! Do Pacey, you know how many people listening to this don't even know who David Arquette is? <laughs> Does anybody Any, know Courtney Cox Arquette? Anybody? Raise your hand. You in know, the back they, there. They know friends. They don't know David, even though he was in an episode or two. Friends? David Arquette? Courtney Cox. I know Courtney Cox was in... What? She was in Friends. You said, who knows Courtney yeah. Cox Arquette? Okay. They oh, know so Friends. We're... Okay. Well, we're really connecting the dots here now. <laughs> How about Scream? That he was a star in for all of them? His best movie. No. No, Scream. Let's go with Scream. Ready to rumble. Scream. <laughs> Ready to rumble. Uh, we're going with David Arquette. The man has been a pro wrestling fan his entire life. He was put in an uncompromisable position that he couldn't say no to back in his WCW days where he actually won the world title as an actor. Thank you, Vince Russo. <clears throat> Thank you, Vince Russo. He then lost the title but put all of his 
took all of his proceeds and paid them towards the Owen Hart Foundation and uh, took care of Owen Hart's widow and her kids. So we give him credit for that. And then he kind of disappeared for 20 years. (laughs) But then he came back and he joined a pro wrestling school. He got back into pro wrestling. He got into hardcore wrestling. Basically, he started winning titles. Yeah, I don't think there's a match type the man hasn't competed in this year. He's been hard at work all across the board to redeem himself and to redeem pro wrestling for the people who claim he ruined it. And, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, he's got a new documentary coming out that is profiling his return into pro wrestling and how much it actually means to him. This is a guy who is a celebrity, albeit a C-list celebrity, but he's huh. living better than you and I yeah, are living, Pasty. He's got that screen money. He's sitting, He doesn't need to be wrestling. He's doing good, and he's... <laughs> Going out there and he's jumping through glass plates and into thumbtacks and barbed wire and this is shit he doesn't have to. This is something he wants to do. Yep, yep. He goes hard. He he's showing respect for the industry and everything that makes it, and he definitely deserves this award. And that's why he gets it. Yes. Congratulations, then- David Arquette. Then we go to male wrestler of the year, Pasty. Yes. Why don't you take this one because it's going to sound like I'm sucking the dick of his ghost if I do it. Well, he He's is. not even dead yet. He, he told me this had to be the male wrestler of the year. No, I said uh, that. <laughs> uh, Adam Cole, baby. I mean, what else is there to say? He leads the, the faction of the year. He He does so with authority. He's like a skinny young Triple H. <laughs> and he's the best thing going on the WWE umbrella at the time. I hate to say that because I love the Fiend. Yeah, but it's true as far as in ring and out of ring and promos and charisma and everything. Mm. Adam Cole. Adam Cole could be the next Triple H, and Adam Cole should super stay in NXT. Does that make any sense? Yep, and then he should marry Triple H's daughter. Uh, What if he marries... uh, Oh, yeah, Triple H's daughter. I'm sorry. (laughs) They gotta be fairly close. I was gonna say, what if if he marries Triple H and Stephanie's daughter, but that's... Basically what you said. Oh, my gosh. What if he marries Linda McMahon? Oh, my gosh. Wow. What if he marries Shane? Only in Vince's wildest dreams. Oh, Vince would love that. (laughs) And then you take my daughter and you grab her titties. Vanilla titties. And you smother them with chocolate. <laughs> I want that Hershey syrup. No wonder he doesn't like vanilla oh, midgets. He doesn't like vanilla midgets, just chocolate like titties. His chocolate titties, not vanilla <laughs> That's got to be a t-shirt. 
<laughs> yes, the chocolate titties note of vanilla midgets. It's got to be a greater than it. equal to thing. <laughs> like chocolate titties are greater than vanilla midgets. I, I can dig it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's a money maker. That's just uh, that's just too much. <laughs> Vince, we're gonna put Finn Balor in the main event of WrestleMania. No. He's just a vanilla midget. I don't like vanilla midgets. Well, yeah, but he's going to be in there against Tyra Banks. Chocolate titties. Oh! Can you have Finn Balor bang my daughter? Whoa! There you go, Vince. Uh, congratulations, Adam Cole. <laughs> Cheers to you, my friend. Uh, now on to the female wrestler of the year, who surprisingly hails from the same sector of WWE in NXT. Wow. Which completely gives it away, right? Because who else has had a calendar year like Shayna Baszler? Dakota Kai! Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's next year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, probably not. Uh <laughs> Ripley's next year. Maybe Mia Yim. Ripley's, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, Shayna Baszler, it's hard to argue Shayna Baszler. She is a legitimate badass, an MMA wrestler. Most She's dominant women's champion in NXT history. Multiple times. Yes. Multiple times. She's a two-time NXT women's champion. She is the Ronda Rousey to NXT, but the Ronda Rousey She's that WWE than Ronda Rousey. Yeah. She's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she does it. She follows through. Uh, and she can talk. That's a big thing. She she's getting better at talking. That's that's something her and Ronda have in common is they need to work on it, but they never had to do that in their past career. But she is farther along than Ronda is. I'll give her that. Yes. She can be the leader of the four horsewomen. Shayna Baszler could. I With Ronda being like the um the umph, the enforcer. Ronda should be like the reluctant second, because then they can always like, you know, boil over. And that would be amazing. Rousey like Baszler. Rousey Baszler, a main event at WrestleMania. Let's have that. I I think that would be great. From the years to the decade, as we look back even further, we get into the female of the decade. And I'm going to let Fat Mac take this one because he's got all the things to say. I can say things, folks, and they exist. It doesn't mean they're true. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we're going with uh, Taya Valkyrie here. And I think if you're looking at the whole decade, okay? Yeah. She has held more championships, more titles, more accolades within this whole decade than any other female wrestler has. You know, you can look at somebody like Tessa Blanchard, who I am a huge fan of and mm. would get behind and would say, 
you know, she would deserve it. You can look at somebody like a Ronda Rousey, mm. who gave so much exposure to pro wrestling that never existed before. Well, my Charlotte first Flair, round chip, yeah. Becky my first round chip and Charlotte Flair. But I agree with you. Taya Valkyrie has been a established standing force. Charlotte's not always at the top of her game. This this year alone, she has had the AAA Reina de Reigns, which is the Queen of Queens championship, three times. She was Lucha so Capital. It's Roman Queens. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Roman Capital. Or shut up, Roman. <laughs> Lucha Capital, which is uh, 2018, which meant that she was the best of the women's at that time. Knockouts champion multiple times. DDT Pro Ironman Championship multiple times. She has held so many championships this whole year. And she is just now starting to become big and starting to become famous, and I get that. But as far as the competition, she's had WWE has just started having the best women wrestlers in the yeah. last five years or so. She's and been going around. Yeah, and those women, let's be honest, those women in NXT WWE are only facing for the most part, the women from the United States. Mm. Every now and then, one from Mexico. Every now and then, one from Canada. Taya Valkyrie has been going to Japan. She's been going to China. She's been going to Germany. She's been going to England. She's been going you to... You have to do those kind of things when you want to try to keep up with Johnny. South America. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> he goes everywhere. <laughs> so, Taya, we're giving Taya Valkyrie the shot just because... as you know, she might not be the most over women's champion ever, but this whole decade, she's gone everywhere and won so many titles. When we looked up how many titles and, and how long people have held them, Taya was way far ahead of anyone else. And it looks like 2020 in Impact Wrestling... And maybe moving on to other places, she's not slowing down. So I think easily Taya Valkyrie is the female of the decade, and she could easily be a uh, female of the year next year. No doubt. And with uh, Johnny Mercury Nitro Mundo Wrestling Impact going to WWE, it's only a matter of time, methinks, till we see her there. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it doesn't seem like she's got much else to do outside of the company. No, not really. <laughs> and on the other hand, we have the male of the decade. Which we're granting to a New Japan Pro Wrestling legend. And, uh, in fact, our only, surprisingly, our only New Japan Pro Wrestling winner at all on here, whether it's a uh, company or match or... Been a lot to keep up with this year. <laughs> uh, it, well, it, I think I think the exact opposite. I think it's been, everything's been so mediocre this year that even New Japan wasn't the extravaganza that it used to be. 
They will be when they start working with AEW in 2020. There you go. But male <laughs> male wrestler of the decade, Pacey. Yeah, it's got to go to Tanahashi, right? Tanahashi gets it. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, you know, I'd love to give it to Okada. I'd love to give it to Seth Rollins, to John Cena, to Brock Lesnar. There's so many Adam Cole. There's so many people that could get it. Tanahashi built New Japan into what it is today, and that alone gives him this accolade, I think. Yeah. Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> of course you'd say that. <laughs> no, but uh, arguably they're the number two, maybe number three company with AEW around now in the world. And Tanahashi ushered that in through his performances in the January 4th Tokyo Dome shows, his performances against Okada and against Jericho and against so many others, Ibushi, Naito. It's been just amazing how well, how consistent. When you put Tanahashi in a match, it's getting three stars minimum, and it might get six. Yep, I don't think you'd have nearly the the legendary match lineup you you've had in the last ten years without this man being a part of that in some way, shape, or form, and and I think he's well deserving of this title. I don't think without Tanahashi, you might not have Okada, you might not have the AJ Styles we have now, you wouldn't have the Finn Balor we have now, you might not have. So many other um, Bullet Club fought against Tanahashi so hard. So you might not have the Good Brothers. You might not have so many other people that that are what they are. If you didn't have Tanahashi to be the John Cena of New Japan, you don't have New Japan. Yeah. I'm saying it right now. It, it definitely would not be the same without the man. Ah, so we've talked about all these great people. <laughs> I'm sick of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about something that's better without somebody. You know, throughout Beef Sticks podcast, often we have had Jerry of the Week. But this year I proposed we have a Jerry of the Year. And, of course, Jerry is a reference to Rick and Morty's Jerry Smith, the father of the family and the most mundane and ridiculous character of the bunch. And despised and worthless and cowersome and, yeah. And that award this year goes to our good friend, Jim Cornette. Strap that on your backpack and ride a motorbike through Colorado. Yeah, so besides it not needing explanation, um, we'll give it a little bit of explanation. Uh, obviously, if you listen to our podcast, you already heard the uh, extremely racist comments that he put out. He thought on he was NWA back in the 80s Power. again. 
Which, by the way, we've admitted that is as much on the producers and editors as it is on Jim Cornette. Yes. Not going to say that. But uh, just with everything he says, everything he posts on social media, the way he acts, uh, he might not be wrong about how he feels about certain things. Obviously about the uh, chicken, super wrong. Just going to say that. Super yeah. wrong. Yep. But he might not be wrong about everything he says, but even if he's not wrong about it, he's he's definitely out of touch. The man is such a Jerry, he got kicked out of Jerry Bree for Christ's sakes. He is the yeah, jerry Jerry. So we definitely got a Jerry with Jim Cornette. But, Pasty, we got some good coming up. What's the best entrance theme of this year? Oh, I think we all need to bask in his glory. Keith Lee is going to come in with the best entrance theme of the year. Um, I'll go with that. What can I say? WWE writers with their music, if, the, if you include Glorious in it, it's going to be a fucking banger. WWE from the beginning has always been so great. You, they started out, well, I don't know what they started started out with, but you, you know, Jim, Jimmy Hart wrote so many of the great, great uh, interest songs that we knew as kids. Honky Tonk Man, um, he wrote Mr. Perfect. He did. Mr. Per- I mean, he wrote so many. You know, he was part of the Gentries way back in the 50s. Yeah, and, yeah I have a bunch of the Gentries on and my then, um, P6 podcast soundtrack on Spotify. There you go. Yep. And then you got Jim Johnston that came in, and Jim Johnston ended Legend up doing. in the industry. You know, he remade a lot of uh, Jimmy Hart's as far as, like, the um, Undertaker and the Hunter herself. Sean Michaels was a Jimmy Hart one. Yeah. So, so Stone you got Cold, all of them. The Rock. Everything in the Attitude Era is pretty Jim much Johnson to Jim Johnston. So and uh, WWE, WWE threw him away for a group that they got rid of less than two years later. Yeah. <sighs> so, but nonetheless, they seem to know what they're talking about when it comes to interest music. Keith Lee, you get that for that. Something WWE isn't known for, Pasty, but we're still we we have to give them the nod this year for it is storylines. Yeah, best storyline of the year, Pasty. Nobody thought it would come from WWE. What is it? It's the Fiend Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse, the duality between the characters, and the red lights <laughs> invading all of our matches. Yeah, we don't like the red lights, but everything else is awesome. I don't hate the red lights. And I can understand it probably sucks for the people in the arena, but I'm watching at home and I'm I'm fine. <laughs> and it's permeated past pro wrestling into the social norm, which is what's great. Yeah. People in in normal constructs who don't watch pro wrestling see Firefly Funhouse and you know, maybe only 2% follow through and watch something on it. But that's 2% they're bringing it. That's what you need. That's what businesses. That's what we want. That's how you grow 
your fan base, and we like that. And well, what's made it so great for me is the terror of they've fucked Bray Wyatt up so many times before. They could screw this up at any moment, and they have. They have. But he's still bounced back from it, and it's still been a good gimmick. I, I do still have fears of how they can keep this up longevity-wise, especially now that Liv Morgan is definitely not sister of Abigail, but she's sister in somebody's Abigail. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, I love Bray. I love Bray, and I'll always be in his corner through thick and through thin. And this is hands down. It's the best storyline. This is honestly kind of what they should have done with uh, Woken Matt and the Woken Universe when they brought all that in and dropped the ball on it right away. I guess I, I, I kind of disagree. And I kind of want to move on because we're, we're spending a lot of time I on it. But I I, uh, I think it's opposite. I think they did a better job with that and dropped the ball on it. Because this is less, they keep moving it less from creepy and more into goofy and funny, and I think it it works better as creepy. Yeah. But that's just me. We don't know where it's gonna end. Uh, something we want to end though, Pacey's worst storyline this this whole year. This probably this fucking decade, but we'll go with this year. Yeah. We're, that's the Bobby Lashley, Lana, Rusev, and apparently now Liv Morgan, as you have said. Yes. Storyline. I wasn't it a fan of Liv Morgan being uh, Sister Abigail, but man, I did not want her to get brought into this stupid bull fucking shit. Yeah, this has been the cringiest storyline in recent memory amongst a lot of cringy storylines that tried to surface and failed at oh, the same time as this. <laughs> it's, it's been one train wreck after another, and it's still going on to this day. We could have been out of it on Raw, but they drug us back in. Not good, not good. We don't want it. Nobody wants. I haven't heard anybody who likes us. Why? No. Why are they pushing everybody's it? pissed because they're pushing a fake lesbian angle when there's real lesbian in WWE? But you know what? HLA is a thing of the past, and I thought it was fucking stupid then. Yeah, we don't want HLA. We don't care about HLA. It, it has nothing to do with fucking anything. I have no problem with them having a lesbian angle on there. Take um, Sony Deville is is out. Yeah, you know she's lesbian. So is Baszler you know, too, right? Uh, yeah. There's yeah. your angle right there, Baszler. There's your angle. It's not yeah. pretty. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be. Let's just <laughs> let's just have a fucking. That's real. It's real life. <laughs> HLA is bullshit. Hot lesbian action, quote unquote, is just bullshit. It's stupid, and it's uh, it's it reeks of desperation. That's 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 my uh, best word. It reeks of desperation. Oh, and the worst part is Vince is so pleased about it all. He's just so happy with it. He just he fucking loves Bobby Lashley's. Chocolate, Chocolate titties. 
Exactly. And that that Morgan girl, she has a blue tongue. But they made her get rid of that. Oh, she doesn't have that. Oh, fuck her. Hey, uh, moving on. We got uh, we're at the end, Pacey. Why the we fuck are. best commentary team is at the end? <laughs> very anticlimactic and very because shitty. Michael Cole deserves the highest of accolades. Well, fuck. <laughs> Tell us what we got here. That's Best commentary team of the year goes to Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and I guess we're going to give it to Renee Young, too. That's all I have to say about that. That's all I got to say. We're probably I, wrong I'm, here. I'm if you a, disagree a, with us, you're in the right, because we didn't put a, yeah. a lot into this one. We probably should have been Mauro Ranallo, but... But Fat Mac was hung up on Ring of Honor's announced team. I was on Ian Riccoboni. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ian Riccoboni and uh, Caprice Capole, uh, Capoleman. Caprice Capoleman. Caprice Coleman. Are, uh, it doesn't matter. Nobody gives a shit because everybody puts it on mute when wrestling's on nowadays. Because the fucking announced teams suck. That's not true. When Jim, I watch wrestling, no, you know when what? I watch Jim wrestling, Ross... I listen to it and I do something else. <laughs> so I'm exactly. <laughs> Jim Ross almost every fucking week on his podcast talks about how shitty AEW's fucking announced team is. It's like <laughs> we get it. Announced teams suck. He's on the announced team. Hey, they got Taz now though. That's that's uh, hopes. that's hopes. Well, He's done some darks. He's not on. No, he was on. Team. He was on the show this week. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, uh, we got New Japan Pro Wrestling Kingdom nineteen ninety nine night two, and we're gonna tear right through this. We gotta do it quick, buddy. Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement match. Yes, that's right. He fights the night before, but retires the following night. And this should be his last one. And you know what? I think he'll follow through on this. I think so, too. He's been around for a long time. He's a legend. He does not need to do this anymore. Just live your life and be a happy guy because you deserve it. Jushin Thunder Liger and Naoki Sano take on Ryu Lee, a.k.a. Dragon Lee, and Hiromu Takahashi. And I'm going with the team of Takalishi. Yeah, I'm talking it also. I mean, Jushin Thunder Liger should lose his retirement match. That's if, pro wrestling yeah. uh, tradition. Uh-huh. So, and and I think he'll follow through with that. I, I think that's great. Yeah. Then we have what Pasty hates to see on his new Japan Pro <laughs> Wrestling card: the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship title being defended by. We whitewash Lander my Jr. Japanese wrestling entertainment. <laughs> As if there's not Zach, enough Americans on the product already. Zack Sabre Jr. defending his title against a Sonata. Pasty, I'm going Sonata. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm going with Zack Sabre Jr. For no reason. There you go. Yeah. Then yeah. we have the IWGP United States Championship. Seeing the winner of the night before's match of Archer and Moxley taking on Juice Robinson to defend their newly found or retained championship. Man, I picked Mox in the first one. Mox Juice kicked all this off in New Japan. 
with Moxley taking the championship off of Juice. I think Juice gets his just desserts. And Juice is all over him to get his championship back. Setting it up for the rubber match next year. Ah, I don't like Juice Robinson. He's losing. I think rubber match. That's why I think he's winning. I think he's losing the whole thing eventually. He's losing. But he needs to win one to lose another one. He's losing. All right. And then we've got the never open weight championship seeing Kenta defending his championship against Hiroki Goto. Three, two, one, Kenta. You missed the ball. (laughs) But we both picked Kenta. Are you still there? Kenta! Okay. Then I hit it on the three, two, one. (laughs) Oh, shit. Ah. Yeah, let me know when you're doing a 3-2-1 before you do a 3-2-1. Otherwise, I don't know you're doing a 3-2-1, and I'm lost on a 3-2-1. And I'm like, what's a 3-2-1? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Kanta across the board retaining his championship. I mean, he just got back to Japan, and he's got some shit to prove. And having a title will do a lot. 3-2-1. <laughs> All what? right, next match. <laughs> Loser of the night before is Okada, Okada Ibushi. Takes on the loser of White Naito and a loser versus loser match to prove who's the biggest loser in the world. Who the uni- can lose Universal the loser. Losers Cup. Who loses hardest? Lose hard, lose harder. They call this the Hiroshima title match. Yes. Because, you know, they all died. I think, I think. I think uh, I'm going. I'm going with uh, White Naito on this one, and I think it's going to be White in the Ultimate. Um, I'm going Okada Ibushi, but I think Okada's the loser, and I think Okada's getting it. All right. So, um, yeah, folks, you got to bear with us. We know these last few. Whoa, we know these last. They few don't matches, like our picks. They don't, and you know they're probably wrong. <laughs> But yeah, well, there's nobody so else to pick. <laughs> we we don't know we don't know who's going to be in night two, so it's fun. It's pretty fun actually to to pick who you're gonna pick, and we got multiple outs. That's what it is. IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships: Taji Ishimori and El Fantasmo defending their titles against Rapungi. Three K Pay Stay. Three two one. 3K. 3K. Rapungi Vice. Rapungi Nights. Rapungi. Rapungi. We like Rapungi. It's not the theme song anymore. I shouldn't like them just on that standard alone. <laughs> I know, but that theme song's so fucking amazing. <laughs> I still listen to it. I still listen I to it. I love it. it. <laughs> uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus uh, Chris Jericho. Man, if Chris Jericho loses this one, Hiroshi Tanahashi gets the challenge for the AEW Championship. So that's pretty cut and dry. Three, two, one. Tanahashi. Tanahashi. And then we have the the most least confusing match on the card. The champion versus champion match, the IWGP. But which could also be the best match on the card. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On this both cards. This is going to be tantalizing and fun. Uh, I IWGP champion, either Okoda or Ibushi, 
will take on IWGP Intercontinental Champion, either White or Naito. Now, I'm going to say this right now, Pacey, you might know more than I do at this point. It's a champion versus champion match. I I don't think there's any championships on the line. Okay, yes, I was going to say, I'm going into this assuming the championships aren't on the line, but I don't know. That would make things very interesting. It would make it diff- very different. But but you and I are both picking as if championships are not on the line. I like that. We should be yeah. on the same page. Even if they are on the line, I'd still stick with my pick. <laughs> okay, stick picker, what you got? Uh, I got the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, and I'm I'm just running out here on a limb and saying it's going to be Naito. And I'm going with Ibushi as the IWGP Champion. Yes. It's going to be right, a good Pace, two nights of entertainment, that's for sure. It's going to be a long two nights. It's going to be, uh, we, we, we got to put the effort in and that's you fine. Could potentially just watch night two, potentially. You could, and we probably will. And then we might lie to our listeners. Right. Basically, we I might think say we can... we're going to watch one night and then one of us might watch the other one. And then we'll both have totally different things to talk about. <laughs> that's happened before. Thanks to new Japan pro wrestling. I think we can, that's true. I think we can knock out the entire Savage Sentinel if we just bust through them yes. and give uh, a short spurt about what's going on. There hasn't been a lot of news. Well, allow me to bust out. this nut on your chest like Lars Sullivan in movies back in the early 90s. That's right, folks. Out of the blue, Lars Sullivan is back in the news after some porn-hungry fans discovered the homophobic slur spewer performing in homoerotic pornography. Under the name of Mitch Bennett. Oh, no. The old photos and videos show a tattoo of DM, the initials of his real name, Dylan Miley Cyrus, on his right arm. Oh, no. A tattoo which was later covered up with another design. Hint, it's a penis. Oh, no. And while there's nothing wrong about it being homosexual, or even performing in said medium, the problem here is taken into context. As implied, Sullivan was fined and punished by WWE for making several homophobic comments. Comments which are very hypocritical from someone who in the past did perform in such adult-oriented videos. He's the guy who just wants to fit in with his friends, though, you know? Like, oh, I, I, I don't suck dick. Anybody who sucks dick is horrible. But he's just thinking about sucking dick. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he shouldn't be fined for doing the porn. No. He shouldn't be fired for doing the porn. What no. he should be chastised for is spewing out so much homophobic sh- shit yeah. after he did gay porn. And shortly after this news broke, oh he deleted his Twitter account and all of his social media. Oh my god, it's like like old Lars Sullivan can't handle It sounds to me like old Lars Sullivan can't handle anything except for dicks. Exactly. Him, Nick, and Matt Jackson. (laughs) Because they canceled. Do we want to talk about that shortly? I mean we can. After the the botch of the year. Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna get to that? Yeah, we well, I mean, we already talked about the botch of the year and the beefies. After the botch of the year happened and the backlash on the internet, 
They moved to delete their Twitter accounts, which have been active for the past decade. And that's yeah. kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Kind of sad after how many people they've attacked on their... Not in a negative way. I like what right. they've done on their Twitter right. account. But it's sad that they didn't want to accept it. I Anyways, mean, also, uh, when you're running a company, like, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon's not on Twitter and Facebook looking at everybody's reviews of everything, obviously. Yeah, but they have you nothing to I mean? do with running the company. That's all Shad and uh, Tony Khan. They're just fucking vice presidents. They just come in. They have nothing to do with the fucking company. Do yeah. they? I, I, I believe they do, but I don't know. I think they just make matches. Yeah, but even still, when you're in a position of making matches and setting up shows like that, you don't want to be taking in the outside that much. You know what I mean? And it can damage your psyche, and it can cause you to make the wrong decisions. I don't know. I, I would agree, but then I guess everybody in WWE and Impact and everybody would have to get off Twitter. Just have a thick skin. Suck it up. Yeah. You want to get in this next story? BT Sports will become the new home for WWE programming in the UK and Ireland beginning in January 2020. That would be as of now, and it brings an end to Pasty, a 30-year partnership between the two brands. The partnership comes to an end as the final Raw aired Tuesday at 1 a.m. local time. The BT Sport WWE partnership begins on January 1st, 2020, which is already aired with the first live showing SmackDown on January 3rd, which would be today as of this day, but not yet at 1 a.m. local time on Friday night, Saturday morning. Yeah, we think it's hard to watch all the wrestling over here. I feel bad for anybody overseas. Ugh. 1 a.m., they got to fucking yeah. watch this shit. Yeah. It's rough. Uh, it appears that BJ Whitmer and Kelly Klein are getting a divorce. Put out an official tweet on New Year's Day saying, this is my only statement on the matter. I have a personal statement to make. My wife Kelly Klein and I are divorcing. This has happened because Kelly breached the trust in our relationship by stepping outside our marriage. This is the only thing I have to say about the matter. This has been a very difficult time for me and my family. News of our split was already spreading around the business, and I wanted to make a statement before it made it to social media or wrestling media. So, yeah, that's things. Uh, yeah, it really fucking sucks. Yeah, she's having trouble in her professional life and now her personal life. It makes you wonder how much uh, bleeds into the other. Right. I hate, I hate to say that, but you, you, you got to question it. Mm-hmm. Things are usually connected in one way, yeah. shape, or form. So, um, moving on. The National Wrestling Alliance will soon be releasing the first edition pasty of Girl Power. I'm excited for this. Ooh. This is an offshoot of their NWA Power <laughs> YouTube series built around female performers in the promotion, including exclusive matches and discussing a number of topics. 
So it's kind of a female exclusive NWA power. I like it. Not meaning that uh, women matches won't be on NWA Power, but this is a female exclusive outlet for them. Theme song for the show needs to be I'm Just a Girl by No Doubt, right? I'm just a girl in the world. I love No Doubt. I have nothing against fucking Gwen Stefani in them. Gwen Stefani, yes. Ah. This is a good thing. I'm looking forward to this, and I'll actually tune into the show. You know, it's about time. I've been saying for a while, and I know you say Ring of Honor has something for the women. and New They Japan have Women of Honor. But it's not there. Them. It's not in front of me. This is something I'll actually watch. It's If it's going to be on it. YouTube as well as NWA Power, that's awesome. Awesome, that's, awesome, awesome. I, I think it. that's super cool, and I think that's I, th- I think that's what we need more of is in in your face, easily accessible women's wrestling. Yes. Oh, according to Bloomberg Law Associates, an Oklahoma firefighters pension fund filed a lawsuit on December twenty sixth in Delaware Chancery Court against the WWE. The group claims there is a credible basis to believe Vince McMahon and other WWE senior officers are not keeping up with their WWE duties as they focus resources towards the XFL, which is being run under McMahon's Alpha Entertainment LLC. The lawsuit also claimed that there hadn't been enough oversight on Vince McMahon by company board members as he engages in transactions that are in conflict with WWE's interests and wants a look at WWE's internal records. Vince has previously said he plans on continuing his role as WWE chairman and CEO for this foreseeable future. Goddamn. Wouldn't it be funny if Vince and Trump fell at the same time? <laughs> that'd be awesome. Well, that'd be something else. Ah. <laughs> uh. I mean, obviously, it's not in WWE's best interest to be throwing money at a failed football league. Uh, no, no. It, this this is really weird because... I guess it's really weird for me because I don't understand... Right, I mean, he's the chairman of, of the company. This. He should have the right to sell his stocks and invest the way he wants to. Yeah. And it's not like WWE is hurt for money. Yeah, I don't know. But when you're an investor, that whole picture looks different. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know, it's like if if my investor is now taking time away from what I'm investing in to something. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm just saying a few billion dollars is not going to improve WWE's TV product. (laughs) No, it won't. But... It might drop a few ten thousands into somebody else's pockets because they say it could. Mm. That's not that's not stupid. It is what it is, but I'm really interested to see where this goes. I don't think it's. I think it's going to be settled out of court. I think they're going to get um, a settlement of stock. I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be cash. I think they're going to get extra stock because of it. Yeah. And I think that's all they're looking for. And uh, the XFL is the thing to see what happens. I think, I mean, I mean personally, I, heard, I think it's I heard I Rams the top commodity. Maybe you could sign a, a 10-year wrestling contract <laughs> over there. 
Oh no, they just killed the motherfucker. <laughs> Too soon. Oh, not soon enough. Pasty, uh, I think this is where we bid everybody adieu. Yes, it's been a wonderful start to season three. And I'm looking forward to bringing you guys even more episodes weekly as we return. It's going to be a good times. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. We enjoy every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. You have yourself a great brand new, new year. Make sure to you, you flex that code, BEEFSTICKS, on manscaped.com. Get yourself groomed up, smelling great, and feeling better. Because it does improve your ego. But yeah, that's, uh, that's our show for tonight, and we love you. Thank you for tuning in to the 6th Annual Beefy Awards. Beefy. And we'll catch you all next week with our results from New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom.